Good morning, everyone. We were just talking about my shirt. My friend Brittany made it for me. It says, I can't read it because it's on me. <laughs> Be the light, shine the light, Matthew something. Um, I do, I like it, and it's hot in here. I expected to wear Terry's shirt. <laughs> that's your shirt, Terry. Um, but uh, I'm wearing this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Betty's like, hold on. <laughs> Little hole there. <laughs> All right, anyway, so here we go. This is a message I've been wrestling with for two weeks. Um, I heard a guy named Robert Morris in Texas give a message. It had some of this material in it. And um, uh, uh, he looked at the progression of mankind, both relationally and spiritually. And some of the parallels he drew are shocking. And what it did for me was really held the mirror up in front of AJ. And not in that condemning way, but it held the mirror up in front of AJ in areas of my life. And it also held the, it gave me a lens for everyone else. And, and I tell you this, once I understood this, it actually allowed me to have grace for other people more. So I knew that was a good thing. And so interestingly enough, I don't really use the word irony much because God is so, oh my gosh. When I was 17 and I first met Jesus Christ, I lost my wallet. Me and my buddy were jumping from tree to tree in Norfolk. And I went home. And because I didn't know any better, I said, God, can you show me where that wallet was? And I'm not joking. I closed my eyes and saw the base of a tree and my wallet sitting there. So I called him up. He lived 45 minutes away. And I said, hey, go to that tree where we, remember we tried to bend the tree down in like a cartoon you tried to catapult? Remember that? It doesn't work, by the way. You got to be like 30 pounds and we weren't. But I was like, yeah, go near there because that's where my wallet is. Okay, he says. Calls me back 20 minutes later. Found your, found your wallet. Where was it? Base of that tree. Could God really care enough that he shows where keys are and wallets and what tree to sit in to get a buck? <laughs> <laughs> There we go. I'm believing. I'm not going to give up. Anyway, so this message, man, has shown a light into my heart for better or worse. Um, Everyone in this place is going to have parts of this message. But I want to remind you, I'm not coming at you. This is my last two weeks. God doesn't oppose people. He opposes mindsets. Um, So just strap in. Everybody's going to get hit on this one because that's growth, isn't it? A loving father calls us forward. But... We're not even coming at anybody. I'm just going to give you the growth stages. So here we go. Number one, where we all start relationally and spiritually is this. We're going to call this the give me. If you're taking notes, and Brittany is, is this. Give me. Now, that's the stage we all start in, okay? That's the stage we start where we still think solely from and about us, me, my perspective. Selfish is a word I don't use much because it's lost its power. I like to use the word self-centered because it reminds me of our solar system. And we all start, whether you're an infant physically or whatever, we all start where everything revolves around us. Even, I mean, literally everything, even the weather. When we think about the weather, we think of how it impacts us. I mean, how, how crazy is that? But we do that. We all start in this place where it's how I feel, what I want, what I don't want. Now, everybody starts here. Relationally and spiritually, we start here. And it's very much like infants. It's infancy. Babies cry, right? Give me, give me, serve me. I'm wet, I I need to sleep. Whatever it may be, if I'm not perfectly happy, everyone's going to know about it, right? That's a baby's life. And so here's the thing, it's just early development. And I don't believe that God, God doesn't despise this in us spiritually either. Do you understand what I'm saying? We first come to the Lord, and I don't think God despises this in us because I believe this is part of the process. And everybody's going to start here. Like babies, new believers spiritually start here. I want to remind you, 30, 40-year believer, everyone starts here, okay? 
Don't get so far off you forget what the edge of the bed was like, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a parallel because otherwise this would be an Oprah Winfrey talk. Let's look at Luke 15, 12, please. A very familiar parable. But what do we see the, the, the prodigal son say? His heart posture, Bruce, is give me, right? The whole story hinges on this infantile stage that he stays stranded in. Give me. Serve my needs. This relationship. Now, I'm going to break down each one in the seg- segments. So give me. Relationally, this is how this looks. Strap in. This gets tough because we're all here at times. Relationally, give me looks like this. This relationship, he or she had better meet my needs. That's what that looks like. Me, me, me. Serve me, love me, make me feel a certain way. Definitely better meet my needs. Now, sadly, this is where the broad road, most of people stay here and never move past this. Relationally. Absolutely. And our society, unfortunately, completely feeds this constantly. It's all about how they make you feel. Movies and music are all, it's all about how you feel. And, and that person, what do they give you? Give, give, give to me. And inevitably, if left here, you'll hear this about relationships. I want to say that again. Inevitably, if left here in the give me stage, I promise you as a counselor, here's what you will hear at one time or another. So let's pretend it's not you. If left in the give me stage, there will come a time when all of a sudden you'll hear this. He or she just doesn't meet my needs. He's not this. She's not that. They don't give me. You can sit on my side of the desk or you can sit where I've sat over there on the other side of the desk. There comes a time when people get stuck in give me where when the person's not giving, the hands go up. You're just not. He's just. Where does it come from? Nobody's coming at you. From right here. You don't think the product... Prodigal son said that, guys? You don't think he said that? I don't have enough here, Brenda. Look at what my father has. We'll see that at the end. Give me. Right? And again, God doesn't despise that as a beginning, but woe unto the people who stay here. Who stay here, okay? Now, um, I'm not judging anybody who's done this or in the past has done this or anything like that, but... uh, I'm going to show you how the growth and development can happen, but often don't. In our society today, it's gotten so sensitive that, it, that even people can't can speak into the problem, but I'm going to do that today. Okay? Now, this isn't just about romantic relationships either. We're going to talk about it here kingdom-wise. Um, but if, if any relationship stays in the give-me stage, the relationship will not last. Just so you know. God did not design us to stay in this place. Um, if that friend stops giving to you for a season, what happens? You drift apart, right? In family relationships, if there's a burden of expectation, it crushes relationship. If someone is constantly give me, you owe me, you're supposed to, you're supposed to check in, you're supposed to call me, you're supposed to this or that, give me, I deserve you, owe, the relationship will crumble. I hope you all just heard that. I want you to check yourself and realize who owes you what in this life. Does your son owe you something because you raised him? Does your mom owe you something? You kids, I'm not, I'm not even teaching you. You go figure that out. Because if they get stuck in the give me phase, those are phrases you're going to hear. Well, you're supposed to. Well, why didn't you? Get it? Check your motive and see if you're stuck in the give me phase. 
This is the person who you can never do enough for. Because the give me is a void. It is a monster. It's natural, guys. <laughs> but we can't stay there. So that's relationally. That's stage one, give me. Oh, it's, it's going to get much worse, people. <laughs> um, the parallel is amazing, though, because let's look over to spirit, spiritually, okay? It's so amazing how all things come together, and, and nature shows us our spiritual, and spiritual can reveal the nature. It's awesome. Okay, so with God, the church, and our Christian journey, it's this, the, 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 the give me phrase. It's this. This church and God had better do what I want. That's how it looks spiritually. Look at Matthew. 26, 14. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have it. Sorry, Bray. No, Judas says this. You want to know what he said? He's hanging out with God himself, watches him change the physical, and he goes to the leaders and says, what will you give me for Jesus? What will you give me to turn him over to you? So you betray even the spiritual for the give me. It is a void that is never full. So how does it look spiritually? It looks like this. Give me, what can I get? It's the attitude that walks into church with a critical eye and a critical heart. Give me the songs I like. Give me a cushioned chair. Give me the message the way I like it, on and on and on. And as bad as it sounds, again, that's not what I'm doing. It's stage one of growth. I'm not even, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. It's, it sounds bad, but this is a natural progression for a new believer. Get it? Guys, listen. We all get saved. I'm sorry to ignore you guys online. We all get saved selfishly. That's probably one of the hardest things I've ever said up here, but it's totally true. Here was me, man. I had a dream when I was 17 years old that I realized I had no say over my mortality, what happened when I died. I had a nightmare, and I realized I'm completely vulnerable, and I need help in saving. And so when Jesus offered me, someone just, I mean, didn't even share the gospel with me, but just mentioned Jesus, and here, here was my thinking. It was not, oh, Lord, what can I do for you, right? It was, save me, man. Give me salvation. Give me, get it? God doesn't despise that. He's built us that way. Do you despise it with your baby or your grandkids? No, you don't, do you? And, and in that stage, is beautiful in, an, in its own way, isn't it? Says Graceland's grandparents, right? Yeah, 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 grandparents definitely get it. Being able to hold the grandkid, I don't despise that you need me. I don't. But boy, there's a point in the, uh, in the epistles where Paul says, <clears throat> y'all are still on spiritual milk. So this is the give me phase. We cannot stay here, you guys. We are called children, but we are called to grow up. Now, one of the dangers of the, uh, of the give me phase is this. If we stay in the give me stage toward God, when he doesn't give us what we want, the second we want it, what do we do? We bail and we walk away because we're stuck in the give me phase. And when you're in the give me phase and people don't give you, what do you do? You go somewhere else for the give. That's our next phase. This was me. I love God. But I had built this prosperity thing where he'd never let me get sick or hurt or tired or hungry or anything like that or even be in a bad mood. And all of a sudden when my life got real hard, uh, guess what? It was time to just walk away from that. And I give God glory that he pushed me to the next phase and move forward. But most people just don't get back up, guys. I'll tell you one thing I, I know about me is I don't, I, don't, I don't cushion it. I don't sugarcoat it. Most people don't get back up. They just stop coming to God. They stop whatever. They just do. They, they stop. If it's not in the give me phase, they're not willing to move on to the next one. And that's the truth. And that's why narrow is the way. It's tough teaching, AJ. I know. <laughs> the second stage is this. We're moving forward. I won't, won't labor today. We had give me. We saw the two different ways. Here's the next one. Use me. That sounds good, right? No, 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 actually not. 
We're not, we're not in the good yet. Strong's Concordance, if you want to be nerdy, says this, elect- electioneering for office, a, a desire to put oneself forward, a partisan or fractious spirit, self-seeking pursuit by any means. So we hear use me and we think, oh, surrendering. No, not that at all. Second stage is this. Push me out there, Father God. Validate me. I want to be seen. I want to be put out there. I want to feel like I matter. This is stage number two in our growth. And we've all met people in this stage. I want to be seen. I want to be up front. I want that promotion. I want that job, whatever it is. And y'all got people popping up in your heads right now. I know it. And they're being driven, but why? For validation. And, 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 and yeah, because recognition for these folks is value. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stage number two. Now, one point that I came up with is this. You don't have to look any farther for this than on your Facebooks or social media. It's the person who has to have the perfect filter, the perfect picture, okay? The nonstop picture of every single one of their children's activities that they take them to, everything they've ever done for their kids or others, bam, posted that clockwork. Why? Because recognition is value. This is second growth. And I'm just laying out growth charts. If y'all feel bad, you deal with that. I don't know what to tell you. I'm on every single one of these. I don't know what to tell you. But you get what I'm trying to say? Because recognition is value. Number one is give me. Number two is use me, but it also could be called see me. See me. See me. See me. Value. Second stage of growth, guys. Let's look at Acts for a second. Yes, look at the guy who did this. Peter and John placed their hands, and they're they're moving in the Holy Spirit. A guy named Simon saw that the Spirit was given on the laying of the apostles' hands. He said this. He said, give me also this ability so that everyone I lay hands with may receive the Holy Spirit. He said, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. He also saw his intention. Simon didn't want to help people, guys, did he? He wanted to be somebody. That's what it was. That's the posture here. Do you see the difference? We'll get there. It's true. And the right thing for the wrong reasons is still the wrong thing, especially in the kingdom of God. God God looks at our hearts, right? But again, give me, validate me. You know, put me out there. Relationally, relationally. It's the person who does stuff for you to be noticed or thanked. Okay? It's the person who keeps score or record of what they've done for you. If someone's stuck in this second stage, you'll notice it by that. Do you understand? Now, time out. Just as a, as a, as a counseling note here. This is where marriages often crumble. Number one, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. He's not giving me, he's not giving me, but over there might. And then you end up in my office. And this one's already half out the door. Over there for... I'm seen over here. Or if I go over there, I'll get my knees mad. And... Do you see that? It's a hard thing when someone feels unseen for a long time and someone else sees them. Get it? Notice I've not judged anyone or even the situation. I'm just giving you facts. The second stage is called use me. Use me. Put me out there. In church and God, it's so easy to see. It's the person who wants to give the message, to have the mic, to be seen or heard. Not to serve, but to be seen or heard. It's the person who sits there and critically knows they could do a better job than anybody else. And I know this one well because I lived in it for a long time. Sitting in the back row, criticizing what the guy's saying, what he didn't say. Hey, you forgot to mention Matthew 14. Well, no, he just chose not to say it. Why did I assume he didn't know it? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Well, I could. Well, I could. That's a wrong note. I don't like the way she sings. That's what this is. It's push me forward, not them. (laughs) <laughs> that's what this, this looks right here. In this heart posture and stage development called use me, even division is okay. It's an okay cost to get recognition. 
I've known people so burrowed into the use me that they'd watch a church split and wouldn't care about it as long as they got pushed forward. And nobody's judging anybody still. I'm giving you stages of development here. It's steering. It's a desire for value based on works and being seen. Even if someone could do a better job, you want to do it because there's an inner you drive. And this is very dangerous because the first one is very internal. Me, 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 me. And the second one starts to reach out to other folks and use them for your own ends. Do you see the difference? Let's look at Luke 15, 13. Because you're tracking along with the prodigal. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off looking for something. What was he looking for, you guys? You ever ask yourself that? His father's very wealthy. He was going to inherit, you know, he was going to inherit the whole deal. There was no Hollywood at the time. So what was he doing? You ever wonder? Why did he leave? People didn't want to leave Abraham's tents. Abraham had a, a private army. I mean, father's wealthy. We're living well. We're a desert people. <laughs> what, what, what was he doing? Part of me thinks this. Maybe it was reputation, prestige. Was it adoration? Was it see me? I'm not just the son of my father. Hello, do you see me? Do you see it? You got it? Maybe. This might be speculation, but it's kind of weird how it all tracks next to it. Now, I've confessed before that I've walked this out, and you promised you'd hang with me. We're halfway done with the message. First with music. When I was eight years old, I got involved in off-Broadway theater, and uh, music theater, I should say. And you know what? I got sent there because I was terrible in music class. Did you know that? Because I had one volume. It was crank. I've always had this voice. I was born with this. I mean, it was really, really high before my voice changed, but oh, I could crack glass back in the day. So we'd be sitting there singing, and I'd be just, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. And she would write on the board, blend, EJ. And it got to the point where I'm like, what? I don't sing quietly. You might notice that up here. You get all of me all the time, don't you? My mic is buried. Hers is like this. Mine's down here, right? I don't need a microphone. I do that for nuances. And in fact, I was the only person when I was 12 years old and I was in off-Broadway when I was uh, the Artful Dodger and Oliver. They mic'd me the first night. Never again. Boy, my voice would bounce off the back of that. Anyway, long story short, guess what I discovered between 8 and 12? Attention. Attention. And when I was 12 and I was the Artful Dodger, I had to sign autographs, even did some, 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 you know, some interviews and stuff. All of a sudden, I was seen. <gasps> see me. So my story begins where all of a sudden music was what made me somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? I was good at it. I've been gifted at music. I'm gifted at it, which means God gave it to me. And I worked it. Well, come college, I was like, how am I going to separate myself from other people? Picked up a guitar. Taught myself how to play guitar, by the way. Taught myself how to sing like this, by the way, because I'm, I'm fairly proud of that, using that. I don't think that's wrong. God gave me the gift, and I refined it. But I wanted to be seen. My motive was not right at all. And I've told this before about this, uh, going around and things like this. And now I understand why. See, watch. Watch the grace that can come out of understanding this. Now I understand why so many Hollywood actors and actresses that we adore and look up to, or even listen to about their political ideas for some reason, now we can see why many of them are doing what they do and why they're, they're burnt out and divorced and suicidal and depressed and drug addicted. Because here's the thing, guys. Um... They're crying out for something. The stage of use me. What happens when the camera turns off? The show gets canceled. The radio stops playing and people stop calling. Get it? I've actually been there. That's a very what have you done for me lately society. And here we look up to these folks. How many of them do you honestly know? Think about actors and actresses and don't go back in the day. Because Jimmy Stewart did it because he loved it. Just 
<laughs> you know how I'm an old-timey. Listen, how many contemporary actors and actresses are actually doing it for the love of the arts? My inner thespian pushes me forward. How many actually do that? And then you wonder why they're drug addicted and on their how many wives and things like this. Me, do you see me? Do you see, do you see me? She sees me now. He see, do you see Use me. Get it? Hugh Jackman is the only one I can think of that I, I honestly think it does it for the love of the arts. I love that guy. He did a Broadway show? What do you get for that? Nothing. He did a one... Anyway. <laughs> Anyone ever see the interview where he's getting interviewed on the red carpet? And the guy asks him a question. He goes, Rollo? Rollo, how you been? And the interviewer tries to stay all professional. And he grabs him. He goes, come here, Rollo. I was his gym teacher. He's like, I was his gym teacher in London. You've not seen this? He remembered this kid who was 12. And now the guy's like 30 and interviewing him. And, he, and Hugh Jackman remembered one of his students. He's not too busy going, me, me. He's able to go, you, you. Get it? Pretty good, right? Go watch Hugh Jackman. Support him. Let's look at, um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. So for me, listen, as soon as I met the Lord Jesus and I wrote down that when I fell in love with Jesus, and that was weird to say as a guy, but it's the truth, okay? Now, here, that inner use me went from music into the church world. This is me just being dead honest with you. Use it against me, and I might hurt you. I don't know. Or inspire honestly of yours. Where when I first met God, that use me just transferred from music to church. Where all of a sudden it was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll sing up front. I'll, I'll do this, uh, you know, whatever. And I told you before, God knocked that out of me in a big way. Jim Farrader, the wisest man, one of the wisest men I've ever met, told me that. He talked about church leadership is not prestige. It's the guys carrying the heaviest tools on the way to the, the work site. That's what he said. You ever seen people going to the work site? Church leadership is just guys carrying the heaviest tools. And I'll add to that. It's the guys with the most scars and the girls with the most scars, serving people who don't want to be served. I, I'm not coming at anybody. I'm just saying I've been here doing it almost a decade, serving people who, quite honestly, are happy in the give me stage or happy in the use me stage. And God wakes you up, and even when you don't want to go and your son makes fun of you, you still got to go and serve. Now I see that. The use me got kicked right off of me on that. Which is cool, okay? That's just my story. But I understand the temptation to stay here. I really do. Um, God has thoughts on this, though. Yes. God has thoughts on this. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. One last thing about the use me stage. It looks a lot like drive. And our society, don't we love the driven? Don't we? Don't we love the come up story? Don't we admire the person who sits in the greatest office and is self-made? God does not. <laughs> Say that again, AJ. Sure. God does not. If you look at ambition in the Bible, God never speaks highly of selfish ambition. Do you know that? I mean, I don't need, well, AJ, now you should tell him about the parable of the barn. <laughs> the guy who had to buy a bigger barn. He said, you fool. This night, your life will be, right? I could give you a million different things I'm not going to. Selfish ambition usually comes out of the youth me. Okay, so here's the next part people never get to. We're almost done. You said you'd hang with me. You're doing all right. Search me. Next, please. This is the part people never get to. Most people. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and then lead me in the way of life to everlasting. I don't want to be give me anymore. I don't, I don't want to be seen and use me. I, I don't have those things. Can you just search me? And we recognize it, and that's, that's a big deal. Now, somebody, you mentioned David today. It's just confirmation. I had David written down here. People often have a trouble with the fact that David was a man after God's own heart. You know, the murderer, the adulterer, 
the many wives, the, the somewhat neglectful father. Can I tell you my opinion? Why was David a God, man after God's own heart? Because he didn't hide anything from him. I've told you this before. And when he, when he falls and failed, he didn't run away. He said, yeah, that was me. Uh-huh. Sorry about that. Yeah. There was an intimacy there. And, and there's this. There's a sharing of oneself. The search me phase is a lot of humility as well. It's no longer give me, provide for me, meet my needs. It turns into I might be the problem. This is a yucky one, Dan. I might be the problem. That's what this turns into. From give me, give me my needs, I'll go over there and meet my needs, to this. I might need to change. And I'm willing to maybe change. That's it. This isn't the be changed part. Notice there's a comma. See if there's any offensive way in me? Comma. There's time that passes between that and the next phrase. No, I'm just telling you. It's not the focus for me. All of a sudden, people aren't orbiting AJ anymore, for example, and I orbit other things. I orbit maybe your needs. I orbit maybe their needs. I orbit God. You see what I'm trying to say? Relationally, this is easy to see. What can I do to love him or her or them better? To serve them better? Because it's not they're meeting, not meeting my needs anymore. It's what can I do to serve them better? To contribute, not just to be served. Now, Brenda spoke of this, guys. This is a part where that's basically, if I could paraphrase where we feel we're at right now as a body of believers, even extended online, I don't know, is this. God... God, what can I do to contribute to what you're doing in the North Country or in this world? That's it. Uh, you, you've brought me here. How can I contribute? Really, I want to because it's, it's, it's important to contribute. It's no longer, uh, what did I get out of it today? You know, wh- what are they doing for me? How do they make me feel? It's, how can I chip in? I'm no longer on this cruise ship. It's a work ship. It's a battleship, actually. And Father, I understand that you've put unique things inside of me. Search me. How can I contribute? And that's how this correlates between the two of us. And here's the thing, too. Brenda didn't say it. I was hoping she would. But I I know enough that I can say this. I'm not a controlling leader of a church. I'm not. I am an equipper. Any of you have ever come to me and said, hey, I've got an idea. Here's me. I don't even let you finish. How can we help? How can we help? I know lots of leaders who think leadership is control. No, it's not. It's equipping. I'll give you some ideas and wisdom. I've been doing it for seven years. But you do you. Go, 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 go. But it's amazing how many times go, go, go turns into nothing. I'm not here to beat you up today. How can I get, I'm God, I know you have a destiny for me. I know you want me to affect other people. And you ever hear that song, Thank You for Giving to the Lord? That's so old now, isn't it? <laughs> it's a great song. God, I know that you want me to get up in heaven and, and, and my life mattered. I inspired people or even mopped the floors as a, with a servant's heart. Great. But if you think you don't matter as much as anyone else around you and have a critical part to play, you're wrong. Because the person changing that sign affects more people than I do every week. And, and, and the person who got those dishes done so I could get a drink and come over here and lubricate my voice and give the word of God, that's just as important. And nobody here ever does that. But it's amazing sometimes in that environment, nothing grows. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that. You could tell I'm frustrated. I don't get it. Because I feel like if I laid out things and were a stronger leader, people would get in line. But that's not God. You know it, though. You know it would happen. And if I said, you get here when church is here, we'd have more people in this place. If I made you feel condemned for not being here, you'd come here. But I refuse that that's not God. So it's got to be stir up your giftings, right? The Bible says you stir up your giftings. So getting back to relationally, because again, nobody's here to beat you up, dude. Look, I'm going to show, this is the same thing I've said for seven years, even when two people showed up to the last church I pastored. If anyone shows up here, I'll turn the lights on and do what God told me to do. And when they don't, I'll go home. 
That's why I'm here. And that might be the day I know I no longer have to do it and go sell used cars. Which would be terrible, by the way. <laughs> Not that, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Relationally, this is my story lately. Um, I am not there, but here's what I can tell you. For the last 10 years of my marriage, I have been absolutely selfish and putting crazy demands on my wife. And I'm vulnerable with you because I trust you, and I want to lead by example. I, I've not been a great husband to her. I've been so caught up in everything she is and everything she isn't, and, and then you, 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 you. And this summer, through a lot of tears and humility, crying like a baby in between the buns and pots, damn, by the way, ugly crying with my friend Dad Sachs. Oh, I sounded like a barking seal, I'm sure. It's terrible. But here's what I realized, guys. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. Meet my needs. Oh, my gosh. Look at me. Look how great I am. How come she never looks and sees how great I am? And wait a minute. I'm actually a huge part of the problem. There are things inside of me which are not allowing intimacy the way I want it to be with my wife. Me. Me. And what's crazy is now that I'm in the search me phase, I'm not even looking at her anymore. She's still doing the same things I don't like. (laughs) Babe, turn the light off for the love of God. Did you get the electricity bill? Oh, my gosh. I don't care anymore, dude. Because you know what? I'm too busy going, I'm jacked up. That's the truth. You all are good, and you're holy, and you're saints. You can come into my office and help me out. But, man, I'm telling you, there's something inside of me. It's the me. It's the give me monster, I'll tell you that. And the give me monster doesn't allow for intimacy. And so if I want to make it past the decade with her, which ironically, years 10, 20, and 30 are actually the highest divorce rates. You know that? Decade are our mile markers, statistically. <laughs> I, 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 yay! They're out of it. Yay! <laughs> um, no, I, I've I've noticed because I just lived there so long in the give me, and and the and the use me and the see me that this was a whole another thing for me. And, and and again, I'm not there yet. Let's look at Luke fifteen seventeen. Things inside of me are interfering. So here he comes to his senses, and all of a sudden wisdom comes in and says, "See how many my father's hired men." and I'm here starving to death because of my choices, what I'm doing is not working. You get it? What I'm doing is not working. Something's got to give. There's the search me part right there. I'll sit out and go back to my father, and I'll say this to him. And him going back to his father in a way was him inviting his father to search him. Right? Because you sit there with somebody, and you have an honest conversation with them, you're inviting them to search you. That's good. I like that. The final one, and then we go home, is this. We've done give me. We've done use me. We've done... Search me. Thank you. Uh, the last one is make me. Real service. Oh, please, please. The last one is make me. Let's go ahead and do Luke 15, 19. Let's see what happens here. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Make me. What? That We don't have a great delivery system. Number 52. Number, no, we're like, your kid. Your kid, go. <laughs> we're small enough where if a kid has a problem, then we do. Uh, and I'm actually still on topic, which is good. Make me as this. It's real service. I know I'm your son, but make me a servant. Do you see that? He realizes the same thing we can realize at any time. Listen to me. I never had a servant's heart. That's what he realizes. I never had a servant's heart. And let's not get confused at this. Let's look at 1529, please, the next one. Neither did the other brother. Oh, and it looks good because he's been serving in church for 20 years. But he still had that same give me heart. It looked good. He wasn't the sinner, but he still had that early. See that? Interesting. We often say, well, that younger son. They had identical hearts. You never gave me. You never gave me. I deserve. Why don't, right? 
I mean, we covered this 20 minutes ago. Interesting. Interesting. But they arrive at the make me, don't they? And here's the answer to this. Let's wrap this up. 1531, last slide, I believe. The Father gives us the answer and wraps this whole thing up for us. And he says this. The answer to this maturing process is not what I can give you. It's that you get to be with me. That's, that, that's the answer. And when you're with me, everything I have, all the give me's, are yours. It's not even that I have to give you stuff anymore, says Father God, to keep you happy. You're happy just because you're with me, but when you're with me, you get it all. Everything, everything is yours because of relationship. So the answer to the give me, the see me, the use me, is the make me. Where if I can have intimacy with the Father, these other things all get taken care of. Does that make sense? I want to serve. Why? Because his priorities are my priorities. He's put in a heart like a heart of flesh, and, and it's no longer about what you can do for me because God's doing for me. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so it's not that I don't get. It's that God's meeting all my needs in intimacy and seeing me and validating me that no longer do I have to do that. I'm free to spend my energy serving others. Does that make sense? I don't, listen, I had someone this week tell me that, um, I won't get too into it, I don't want this person to watch this, whatever, but basically that what I do up here is all about me. That's what they told me. The criticism was that I'm too about me up here. Yeah, that I could have hurt. That really could have hurt. But you know what? I was making, what was it, making stuffed chicken. Yeah, good stuffed chicken. And you know what? And I knew the enemy was right there with a the magnifying glass wanting to bring that up and but I went, you know, I, I don't believe that. I don't receive that. Number one, I have people in my life who would tell me that. Oh, yeah. Pete, if you're listening, he, oh, he would hammer me if that ever became the AJ show. And number two, no, because this doesn't, doing anything for, for, for you folks or singing has nothing to do with my value. That's been settled. I'm good. I'm good. And I screwed up a couple times on guitar today, playing an augmented F. Very difficult. I'm not going to own that. I don't care. It is what it is. I did my best. And the same with this message. And do you see what I'm saying? Because the thing is, God has pushed me out of And I'm, guys, listen, I share all my foibles. Matter of fact, I just laid myself open about my marriage. But in this context, I'm, I'm busy receiving from him that it doesn't matter anymore. Right? And I bet you, I bet you that younger son, this is a parable. It wasn't a true story because there were no names used. It was to illustrate a point. But let's say if that were a real story, I bet you the younger son would find heavy heavy contentment with his father now. Do you know that? The older son is the only one who actually doesn't have a happy ending, does he? The older son never changes his heart in the story. The older son, you could say, is still condemned to a life without his father. But the younger son, even though he's gone through all the broken roads, he ends up in the make-me stage. And can I tell you something? God will always honor that. God will always be right there in that stage. So the application is really obvious as we're closing. But before we turn it inward, I want to say this. Do you see where this could help you have grace for others? Do you see that? What, what that person that, that just needy, 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 needy? Now, you, now here's what you do. You don't say so-and-so's needy. You say, boy, they're really stuck in that phase. Get it? Or the person that, you know, hey, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can you see me? Can you see me? You could go, wow, they're really stuck in that whole validation and see me thing. Boy, I really wish they knew the love of the Father that they don't have to do that anymore. Or in my case, when I realized that it was like, 
be careful not to go anywhere else for the give me. Do you follow what I'm saying? When I saw that, I was like, okay, especially in marriage. If you're, if you're feeling really disappointed or whatever like that, be careful. Don't go, don't go looking to be seen because you're not being seen. That's a bomb. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Anyway. And then, of course, moving into the other thing. But um, I think it should allow grace for other people. And uh, for you guys, I, it, for all of us, I would say this. Just have a conversation with Holy Spirit. We're going to sing a song called Surrender. And it's just I surrender. That's it. Have a conversation with Holy Spirit and say, search me. Show me. Show me the areas of give me. Because I might be a give me wife, but a really sacrificial worker. And a make me. Do you see what I mean? Who knows? But have the courage. Have the courage like David to get into the search me phase. Worship team.